radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Powell on the drums and Beans. So I was we we were chatting before we started the show today, Frank, about how like I've got a whole like bunch of stuff, but I, I don't none of it is like oh let's talk about this. I'm so excited. Like I just I'm not. I I I, I don't know how long the show will go today. Perhaps it will go a full hour. Perhaps it will not. But it's one of those days, like, do you ever go to work the day before or after a holiday that falls in the middle of the week and you're just like, oh. Yeah, it's it's like senior cut day. Yes. Or maybe, like or senior spring or whatever the hell. Maybe you'll like, go okay. in for like a few minutes and then yeah. you know, you're like, eh, you futz around on the internet a little bit and then you're like, Okay, time to leave, see you later. And that's how I feel today. Yeah, well well you, you have your pick. Um do you, are you gonna are you going to just uh, I don't know, lose brain cells talking about how many secrets have been shared by Trump at Mar-a-Lago now. I saw this headline this morning. Was Trump sharing secrets on the patio what? at Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> Can you send yeah. that to me? I don't know what you're talking about. Here's from Mediaite. Mediaite, July 3rd, <gasps> 7.06 a.m. Trump's Trump showed docs. To people at Mar-a-Lago's dining room patio, claims former White House press secretary. Who? Which one? Uh, Stephanie Grissom revealed that she witnessed her former boss, former President Donald Trump, show classified documents to people at his Florida residence in Mar-a-Lago on the patio. So That's different than in the formal dining room or anywhere else. I know. I mean, at least in the how dining they, room, they were wearing tuxedos. How do they know? How do they know? Like, how how do they know what she said? I, I have a hard time believing this at all. But how do they know what she said? I don't know. It's just one headline. to The, the headlines are designed just to get you to the next headline. I, I did this whole big thread yesterday about all of the things that I believe. Like, 25 things that I believe. Right. And and one of them is I believe that the 2020 election was hijacked by bad actors. Hold on. Oh, you know what? I, I made a boo-boo. I didn't have us in our stage. I had us on a plane screen. Um, oh. <laughs> whoops. Uh-oh. <laughs> See what happens? This is what I'm saying. I believe that the 2020 election was hijacked by bad actors. One of many reasons I believe this is because they did. They wrote a massive piece in Time magazine telling us they did it. I have the, the screenshot. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. We did a whole show on this. They also told us in places like Axios and elsewhere how they were going to steal it. Beforehand, yes, they 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 prepped us. I, I mean, even before Axios and the whole Red Mirage theory, you had Hillary Clinton, you had the other one, uh, the the uh, the uh, grimace looking woman from from Georgia who thinks she's the governor. What's her name? <laughs> Stacey Abrams. <laughs> so she she uh, I mean, we, we were we were massaged the entire year, and then afterwards they just wrote a mea culpa in time. So, but but if you acknowledge that, and if you reference it, then I mean you're nuts. 
I watched a comedian over the weekend with Will. It was really, really funny. Oh, and you, you know what he sang this morning? Because that whole thread that I wrote was for a very important reason. Let me just play this really quickly just to remind people I have it right here on my screen. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. Ugh. What is that again? That's Backyardigans. Is that a, is that a, a kid's? It yeah. has to be a kid's thing. But Ugh. like I was saying that, I was playing that song on the podcast like all the time. Somebody, actually, I remember. Yeah, somebody actually sent me a like personally made leather keychain that says into the thick of it with a pair of brass knuckles and <laughs> I have it on my keychain and I love it. Man, that feels like two or three years ago at this point. It was. It was. Um because we're so we're so uh, we're so beaten down by the times that this and there was <laughs> the the spirit has been sucked out of us. <laughs> it, it, it was Matt Reif that I watched. Matt Reif, he's hysterical. He's so funny, and he does this thing called red flags, and he asks the audience for something. He says like, um, "What's a red flag when you're dating somebody?" And then the audience will scream out whatever their red flag is, and, and like he's he finally he got he got viral on TikTok by doing that, and so everybody thought that that's all he did. So he finally said in his Miami show, I'm going to do a full hour, unscripted, no set of just me riffing back and forth with the audience on red flags. And then I'm never doing it again. So this was the show that I watched. And the reason why I'm saying this, you said grimace. This is why this brought this up for me. But there was a woman in the crowd at the end of the show who was wearing stripes, black and white stripes. And he's like, what does the Hamburglar over here have to say about? <laughs> <laughs> I love a little I love a little audience abuse. Oh, it was so it was so good. I I, I almost like on this day want to pull up one of his things oh, for everybody are. to see. I mean, it's So, uh, just you funny. think he'll really have the self-control to never do a bit again, especially if it's so beloved? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to see I, I don't know. Um it's beloved no, it, and it's it's viral and it made him pretty much David Tell used to hey, do what's something up, like that. Welcome he did. David Tell, when he would when he would go live, uh, when he would do shows, uh, he would do. Only, I mean, those are the types of guys and gals who can. They don't need to prepare anything. They can just go and talk to people, and it's just it's just. I mean, he would just tell people, "All right, uh, toss out your favorite drink, and I'm going to give you a. I don't know something. So people are just throwing at throwing names of liquors at him, and he's just follow. You know. And they're falling back with one thing or another about how the the rest of the night will go based on whatever drink that you're drinking. Like, for example, somebody would be, somebody screamed out, uh, Jägermeister. He would say, pick a hole, any hole, or something like that, <laughs> you know, whatever. And uh, so I, I think the improv, the improv comedians are, are just so, that is a true display of just Ferrari level mind function he's i love watching that well here's one it's called latina red flags i have never seen this before i'm just gonna randomly pick it because that's the kind of day it is today here we go wait it's a, it's a short so here we go okay kids wait are you latina good luck <laughs> oh my god can't have any kids Dying alone, 100%. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? 
what, what is it about kids that you don't like? You're too young for kids? How old are you? 30. 30? I don't know how much you remember about health class, but <laughs> you're almost too old for kids. It's <laughs> true. There's more people in this room than you have eggs left. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> she went home that night. The, the look on his face. Sorry, Latino huevos. I don't know how many huevos you have in there. Sorry. He's just funny. He's just hysterical. The whole show. He yeah. even invokes Jordan Peterson in the one that I watched. That's it, that's the. Uh... I, I I think that's just so impressive when people can do that. There was one part of it where this woman was saying like one of her red flags was um, men who talk about male rights or something or whatever. I don't remember the exact thing, but she was a ridiculous feminist and she ended the date with the guy. And he, he brought up Jordan Peterson and he started attacking like feminists. And it was like, yes, like this man is after my heart. He He's funny. Just go to YouTube. You can watch full specials on YouTube. Why do feminists go to comedy shows? I, I, I don't know. They can't laugh about it, it anything. Must... I don't know. Like, you know, for some people going to get get, get beat up by a, a dominatrix or something like that, I mean, that must be like for a, a feminist, like what it is for some high powered uh, CEO to go get his his nuts crushed by a woman in stilettos or something like that. I, well, why would they do it to go into a place where people just joke about things that that's, in, that's impossible? He, he actually had this heckler one time that that he like destroyed after a while and they left and like everybody was cheering. It was, he's just, he's been randomly popping up on my feed cause I used to listen to music and stuff. And like, who's this? And I'm like, wow, he's really, really funny. I mean, real. I would go see him live anyway. I'll, I'll be on the lookout for him. Yeah. So that, that Hambler, Hamburglar piece. And the woman took it like a champ. I mean, she oh, really- Oh, wait, and, uh, Lauren just texted me. She said, I've been telling you about this guy He's the one who puberty hit ridiculously late. Hmm. Puberty. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 hold, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Just give me, give me one moment. I got to FaceTime Lauren. Oh, here we go. Lauren, you're on the spot. Hey, you're on the air. Oh, what do you mean by ridiculously? What, what is this again? That's Matt Rice, the comedian Tracy's talking about. I told you about him. He has a bit about how puberty hit him ridiculously late because he's pretty attractive. But I think he actually had some like facial surgeries done, like maybe to his jaw. But his, the 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 bit he does about how like he's you know he might be good looking now, but that's not how he became a comedian okay. by looking. Okay. Let's see okay. if we can find it. Yeah, it was, he kind of doofy looking before whatever he's done recently. Tracy's going to look for it right now. Look him up because he used to be on that show Wild and Out on MTV or whatever with Nick Cannon. Uh, that back in the day, I don't know how long ago it was, but oh, I got um, it. I, yeah, he, he looks a little different. All right, she's going to take it out. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, bye. Yeah. I've yeah. got it. Okay, she found it. Go ahead. At 23, I'm in a weird spot because I'm still coming into like my body, my mind, and my face. Like puberty just happened, bro. It was so late. It was so late. I was ugly last week. Like it was bad. And now, now I look like a handsome lesbian. Like it went full spectrum. It went zero to a thousand so fast. 
At 23, I'm in a uh, weird he spot. He didn't talk so about it. That was just a short. Oh, well. Well. Anyway. Matt Reif is funny. Listen, this is the show that you're getting today, okay? This is the show you're getting. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about France? You want to talk about all talk the about... nasty, gross crap? You want to talk about the mostly peaceful protests in France for the thing the thing that they say it's happening, it's not happening. Uh, it's just, I don't, where, where do you go? Where do you go? Tonight, I'm quite frankly, it's going to be a nostalgia-based night as well. I saw a really, really, really funny Babylon B commercial about guys that are all sitting around drinking beer. It, it's it's five it's five minutes long, but I thought it was hysterical and I laughed at it. And like, one, should we play it? Why not? <laughs> I, I, I'm following your lead today. Who wants us to play the play the uh, play the the Babylon B? Hit a one in the chat. I'm gonna give him thirty. So we got a little bit of a delay. So if you want, and, to in, the, and in the meantime, I can I can entertain you with this New York Post uh, headline: controversial Boston City Councilor, the first. Uh, black socialist out there crashes his car into someone's house. Took a page out of Billy Joel's book in Long Island. There's also a um, a dude in where is he? I have it. I had it anyway. He he keyed someone's car. He's an elected representative in some state who keyed, I saw he's a senator. Yeah, he's a senator who keyed someone's car, and he said that he did it because he was. We got a, we got a lot of ones, and Adam Carter with the forty two. We've even got an eight six seven five three zero nine in the chat, Frank. <laughs> nice. But he keyed this guy's car, who had a Biden sticker on the back of it, and he's like, he's like, oh, I thought he was one of those gun nuts. <laughs> oh, he went on to say things along the lines of, oh, he, lying about about the guy who owns the car, calling him out by name and making him feel intimidated. Uh, of course, if you feel intimidated, the last thing you're doing is getting closer to him in his vehicle with your key. keying him. I mean, he really keyed that damn car and then he tried to deny it and finally the cops got him cornered and he admitted it. It's just, they can't face who they are. Can they ever just face who they are? No. I, I mean, they allow, They it's almost like watching one of those movies, like, you know, the mask, or something like that when Jim Carrey puts the mask Somebody on and his stopping. alter ego comes out and, and and there's some kind of deniability about what you do under the guise of that alter ego. It's like they 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 switch into these personalities and they cannot come to grips with the duality of their nature and what they actually are. That it, it's actually you. You're doing this. You know that you do this. Van Halen, H A I L E N in the chat corrected me in my Monday stupor. It was an anti-Joe Biden sticker, not a Biden sticker. Like the guy wasn't supportive of Biden. He was like, right, right, right. I knew what you meant. You meant. Not everybody would. Here, let, let's 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 listen to this commercial. And if we get bored, we'll just stop it because that's what we're gonna do. Here we go. Beer. Yeah. Men. Men. Man, I really like what you guys did with this place, Ted. Yeah. Thanks, man. Sarah had this whole vision of like this environment that would exude, you know, tranquility and peace and uh, and maybe some soft ambient lighting, you know, and, and some comfortable, like nice, super cozy blankets and fluffy pillows. And and uh, and all I said was, hey, I need a place to drink some beers with the, the boys. <laughs> boys. With maybe some fluffy pillows. Uh, you know, they are fluffy. It's a good call. Oh. 
the fluffiest. All right, and Evan, thank you for bringing the beers. Yeah, you know, when I went to the beer store, I actually got to check out two hot babes that were there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not sure, do you mean that you got to check out some hot babes at the beer store? <laughs> yep, that's what I mean. <laughs> anyway, thank you for bringing the beers, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I stopped at the beer store after I went to the gun range and before, I went to the gym and bench pressed 250. What are you doing? Nothing. What do you mean? <laughs> he's like he's using a dumbbell right now. You're to tell us you saw hot babes, shotguns, and lifted weights. Like, we won't think you're manly enough or something. <laughs> no, nothing like that. It, it's just what I did. Hey, look, Evan. If you're gay or something and worried about telling us, it's, you know, we'll still love, uh, like, we'll like. No, it, hey, it's cool, bro. What he said, man, it's we will like you. I mean, not like not like like you. Look, I'm not gay. He's the one with the soft lighting and fluffy pillows. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, man. It just seems like you were overcompensating for something. That's that's all. All right, I, I'm sorry. This this beer is not right. There's something weird. It's called Manly Man, but it, this thing's watery. Is this label coming off? Oh, oh no. Bud Light? <laughs> you are gay! No, I'm not. They were literally giving away the Bud Light for free. And with the economy and inflation and the price of Broadway tickets and everything, I just needed to save the money. I, I didn't want you guys to think that, that Broadway you're is very gay. Expensive. But how much did printing these labels cost? They, they were $8 each. And $150 for the graphic designer. Honestly, I didn't think this whole thing through. Don't look at me like that, Mark. I recognize that shirt. Oh, wait, what, what are you talking about? It's from Target. It is. Look, I just went in there thinking that it was a normal department store that sells stuff to families. I didn't know. Wait a minute, Evan. How did you know it was from Target in the first place? Yeah. I went into Target too. <gasps> I needed some swim trunks, okay? But as soon as I figured out what tuck-friendly construction meant, I ran right out of there, I swear. I went to a Dodgers game. <gasps> so I grew up rooting for them, all right? That's all it was. All right, I, I, I love baseball, okay? I'm not some like satanic, anti-Christian trans activist, okay? I swear. I still let my kids watch Disney. Oh, I know. These fluffy pillows are from Kohl's. Uh -huh. I test drove a Ford Raptor. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, Kohl's? Um, oh yeah, Kohl's. What happened to Kohl's Kohl's now? went hard. Come on, man, this is the last. Whatever, they don't have anything there anyway, these days. No, Kohl's, they, they opened up a new Kohl's around the corner for me and it's empty all the time. Hold on, there's hey. more. <laughs> Is everything okay in here? Yeah, <clears throat> it's good. Just chilling. Drinking beers. Not gay. Okay, I just wanted to see if you wanted some wings. And uh, Ted, what do you want me to do with your jacket? You left it on the floor again? Oh, that's not, that's not my jacket. I've never, I've never seen that jacket before in my life. What's wrong with you? This is your favorite jacket. The North Face one? <gasps> Look, oh no. it's patented dry vent fabric, perfect for on-the-go protection when you're navigating the city or you're hitting the trails. That's all it is, I swear. You know, I bet this just wicks the moisture away. Oh, it wicks like you wouldn't believe. And it's surprisingly breathable. Yeah. Give that a feel. This is cigarpage.com slash be light <laughs> for the independent American owner. <laughs> I didn't know that. What 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 happened with Coles? 
now. Cole's, Cole's went in the LGBT. Let's see here. I'll pull it up. Somebody wants that link because it's a funny video. Cole's. I go there for grab bag gifts in in, in Christmas time. That's the only time we go there anymore. Cole's, I'm going. I'm... Cole's faces shopper uproar after becoming latest retailer to market LGBTQ clothing to children. Yep, here it is. Happy Pride onesies. Kohl's is pushing LGBTQ pride for literal babies. My gosh. Speaking of which, that, that's a good segue for us to move into what happened at the Moms for Liberty event over the weekend. So Moms for Liberty had one hotel in Philadelphia that stepped up to provide them a place to have this event. It was the, it was the um, Marriott in Philly. And even the employees were like given a huge standing ovation. They were there to, it was really nice. It was nice because they couldn't find a place that would host moms for liberty. Insanity. It's too, it's too controversial. Yeah, we can't have moms for liberty. But the counter protesters have been absolutely harassing people all week. Um, I have video of them walking, at, like moms and, and women trying to leave the uh, event and being accosted and spit at and pushed by activists outside. And so at one point, Billboard Chris, who wears a billboard over him, that's kind of his thing with like slogans on it and stuff, wore a billboard outside of the hotel that said, children can't consent to pu puberty blockers. And he walked out of the hotel along the barricades next to the counter protesters and back into the hotel. And as he was doing that, one of these lunatics... And I'm only narrating this for the audio listeners. One of these lunatics jumped out with his flag, his rainbow flag dressed in his bikini, and started swinging it around in a very, very violent way, sort of acting as though he was just being prideful, but actually trying to hit people with this flag, like this giant projectile. And the cops come in and tackle him to the ground and then... It causes like a big uproar. And people of course. people are actually attacking Chris for walking out there. Now he's on their side. And people are saying, oh, you shouldn't provoke them. I'm I'm the opposite. These people are so mentally unstable that the tiniest thing forces them to show their true colors. Which this was one of those things. We can watch the video. Frank, if you want, you can you can, you know play it on the phone or whatever and watch it so you can see what happens. I'm watching it. Well, I'm on delay, but I'm watching it on, on the, the desktop. Okay. So here we go. Um, maybe let me just write this down real quick. Hold on before we start. Maybe I'll clip this audio part out so that the podcast listeners don't have to listen to this crowd. Here we go. It's, it's undeniably gay music pumping in the background. Very good. Man who could use some skills. Man, this is no love. It's a no for me. Ah, they love it. They want the photo op so bad. Oh, this is that wow. So he's just peacefully walking with his camera. Now here it comes. 
his day is about to get very bad. Watch this. Good. Yep. Good, you, you freak. Get off of him. He doesn't know what gender he is. Get out of here. Yeah. He's still out there. Um Chris is very um very very uh brave guy. And he's very stoic in his work too. I got to meet him in New York once. But um it, whenever there there's video of gatherings like this that gets out, it really is just a nightmare. Um there's nothing inspiring about it. You're only inspired by it if you are if you've lost your mind. And if you feel inspiration, then you there's really even no way to 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 bring a pause to really reflect on what it is that you're looking at. I don't know. I, I think for someone like me who is in the the um the observation business in the writing and 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 creating uh you know just creating commentary on things like you know reporting on what's going on around you it's it's harder and harder to describe what's what's happening. You can't use the word cult is very I don't I wouldn't say cliche but it's worn out like the treads on it are, are it's it's a bald tire. What you're seeing right there is it's I don't know. Fanatical is not a good word anymore. It's, it's just such a nightmare. It's deranged is what it is. Yeah. People are deranged. Like those people were cheering their faces off when that man jumped or when whatever jumped out and and swung his flag around trying to strike the people that were already standing there before he jumped out. There was no need for him to jump out. Chris was on his side of this protest. Those people had he he put up a tweet explaining what they had done. Hold on, I have it. The flag. The he, fact that they all have different flags is 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 so crazy here um we do it, like do stuff like that when we were children this is i'm gonna mute this because it's super loud but this is what had happened earlier in the week to the people who were just leaving to go get some lunch here we go they're walking together trying to get past there are people screaming in their faces screaming at them attacking them not letting them walk past I mean, just assaulting these people as they're trying to leave and just grab some lunch from the event. So there's that. And then somebody said, um, somebody said, hey, um, I, you know, I appreciate your message, Chris, but we should really just 
I didn't, I don't agree with how you presented it at this protest. We have truth on our side, so there's no need to intentionally exasperate the opposition. Uh, Listen, that's a person that is, that is struggling with their, their fear, their fear of, of what is waiting outside. Because I'm sure that when they're home and they see Chris popping up on Twitter and they're watching him do his thing from a safe enough distance, um, they're they're doing nothing but applauding him because he doesn't do anything except stand there, make himself available to anybody who wants to speak. He has his camera. He has his billboard. He makes a very simple, truthful statement, and he's there for any kind of conversation, and he has all the data to back up the reality of what transitioning and detransitioning does to people and the, the 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 mental toll, the spiritual toll it has on children who can't make these kind of informed decisions on their own yet. So if that is too controversial, then you should not be in the uh in the 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 activism business. The sign because, just says children can't consent to puberty blockers. Yeah. If if that's too controversial and if that's too antagonistic then uh, it, you should not be doing these. Why are you getting together in public? He he says these nutcase protesters were out there for four days. Earlier in the day, they hit a 17-year-old girl in the face with an egg. They were stalking moms down the street, screaming inches from their face, vandalized a museum we had a, an event at, smashed a window, graffitied a sculpture of Washington crossing the Delaware, 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 and acted like demons in front of small children. Sorry that I walked calmly by them for four minutes. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just enough of this already. Now, I would I would make I would make those considerations based on how I want my day to go. Whether or not I'm going to go out there and interact with these people. But it would, I mean, how do you get less antagonistic than what Chris does? What are they even talking about inside of their their little mom's meeting inside of this place and wherever the hell they are? Philadelphia? Where mm-hmm. is this again? Philly. Philly. I mean, well, why didn't they get together in somebody's basement? Do secret, have a secret n- a knock on the door? Why did you even have this out? What what statements are you making on the inside of this this get-together that are less antagonistic than Chris. But what's the point of even getting together? You're right. 100% agree with you. I, I have zero, zero problem with what he did. I think that he, like, that needs to happen more because it just shows everybody how batshit insane these people really are. It takes this much, understand this, it's important. It takes this much to trigger them to violence. This much. They're crazy. Understand who you're dealing with. It's a bunch of mentally deranged lunatics. Did you yes. know, Frank, that The what? Simpsons has made yet another prediction? Well, what now? The, or, or another f- correct prediction. In 1995, The Simpsons, Mr. Burns, the richest man in Springfield, built a giant shade that completely blocked out the sun to force the city to rely on his power plant. And Biden says he's open, the White House is open to a plan that would block sunlight from hitting the surface of Earth in a bid to limit global warming. They have opened the door to an audacious geoengineering plan, which would block sunlight from the Earth's surface to fight global warming. Scientists have warned the practice could have devastating effects. Now, 
years ago, and I think we talked about it on the show when we first started, everybody thought that I was insane for telling you that they the government has already widely admitted to weather manipulation. It's a common practice that's been going on since the 70s at least. There's declassified documents in the FOIA reading rooms of the CIA and the FBI, uh, the CIA and the FBI, I believe the FBI has a, a, a bushel of them, that explain geoengineering and how they can use it and how they are using it and the tests that they've run and how successful they've been. And every time we get one of these weird-ass superstorms that do things that are beyond what anybody could ever expect, I pull out those videos again because whether it's steering or seating or whatever, they're doing it. And you know what else? I had this crazy, crazy video of this guy um, at Georgetown. His name is James Giordano. And he discusses the capabilities that the military already has in relationship to neuroweapons and what mm -hmm. they do with them. It's a five minute long video where this man stands up there matter of factly explaining how they already have and have used weapons that are aerosolized in the air that can penetrate the, the blood brain barrier and do things that they're straight out of a horror movie. And this guy, I, I believe this guy, because I, I, we, a couple of years ago when this came out, this guy, I think this is the one that was talking about how they can actually aerosolize a, um, an assassin's poison that is customized to, if, let's say there's 30 people in a room, they can very undetectably gas a room and have only one person killed based on based on what they're who they're going trying to target. What is crazy about that is that that was almost to the letter the blacklist we just watched on Friday. It was a guy who like put a put some kind of a, an agent that if you have an allergy already, it like hyper hyper sensitizes your immune system so that whatever you touch that has that allergen will kill you immediately instead of it taking like just a little bit of a toll, your body like overreacts to it. And the, everybody in the room died, like whether they were allergic to pollen or they were allergic to shellfish or, you know, just whatever chemicals that they were had some sensitivity to, except Red, he didn't die, of course. Yeah. He stayed alive. But I don't know if you want to listen to some of this, but it is, it is. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it, this, this is terrifying. It's, it's really, really scary. Here, he's giving a lecture. The whole lecture is available. I'll put it in the show notes. Moreover, we can induce a number of neuromicrobiological agents to then incur something called high morbidity. These are not necessarily mortal agents. We can modify the existing palette of bacteria and viruses through the use of gene editing techniques, very viable. This has been some of my ongoing work with my colleague, Diane Deulis at National Defense University. And what we can also do is recognize that there are existing microbiologicals that can be harnessed to then induce the effects. We can also engage certain chemicals that way. What we want here is a morbidity factor, not necessarily a mortality factor. I want to make people sick. And what I do here is the virus is not necessarily the bug. The virus is what I put over the internet. Let me show you how I can crash a system pretty easily. I affect key individuals here, here, and here. And then I take another community in the back of the room. I affect key individuals there. And then I take another community. I affect key individuals there. And then I do what every good attributional group does. I beat my chest and take credit for it. What I put out over the internet is, this is a virus, a bacteria, an agent that I have infiltrated into your fill-in-the-blank. 
I say it's a weapon of mass destruction. And what I tell you it's going to do is it's going to produce paranoia, anxiety, and sleeplessness. What I've just done is I've recruited every paranoid hypochondriac to think that they have whatever that is. I've used salient and sentinel cases, and I create essentially a legion of what's known as the worried well. They now flood emergency rooms. They flood their clinicians. The CDC responds back and says, no, 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 there is no such a thing. And I've created a schism of trust between the population and the polis. It's both a short and a long war's effect. Moreover, I can create particular neuromicrobiologicals that may have a much longer duration of action, for example, modified Zika virus. And what I can then do is, as a consequence of that, is I can affect subsequent generations to incur a public health morbidity and mortality effect that then creates an increased economic and perhaps social burden. Long war scenario. If I wanted to do something that's a little bit more proximate, I can utilize nanoparticulate matter. Now, we can utilize nanoscience to create much better drugs to get them where they got to go in the brain. I can create nanoscience and nanotechnology to be able to escort certain drugs across the proliferant barrier, which is the blood-brain barrier and blood cerebrospinal fluid barrier. So I get these things where they got to go. But I can also utilize nanoparticulate matter in a very indiscriminate way. The idea here is that I can get something called high CNS aggregation material that is essentially invisible to the naked eye and even to most scanners because it is so small that it selectively goes through most levels of filter porosity. These are then inhaled either through the nasal mucosa or absorbed through the oral mucosa. They have high CNS affinity. They clump in the brain or in the vasculature and they create essentially what looks like a hemorrhagic diathesis, in other words, a hemorrhage predisposition or a clot predisposition in the brain. What I've done is I've created a stroking agent. And it's very, very difficult to gain attribution to do that. I can use that on a variety of levels, from the individual to the group, highly disruptive. And in fact, this is one of the things that has been entertained and examined to some extent by my colleagues in NATO and to those who are working on the use of neurobiological sciences to create populational disruption. Very, very worried about the potential for these nanoparticulate agents to be CNS aggregating agents to cause neural disruption either as hemorrhagic and vascular disruptors or as actual neural network disruptors because they interfere with the network properties of various neural nodes and systems within the brain. Then I get to the area of devices. And this, in many ways, is going to be less than definitive. The reason for this is this is highly evolving and I think is limited only in certain cases by context of imagination. What are the devices? Well, I have them here for you here. You have neurosensory mobilizing agents. And to some extent, some of these have already been used. Uh, things like high output sensory stimulators that can be administered from unmanned vehicles, drones, insect-borne, or uh, larger scale, macro scale vehicles such as tanks, cars, etc. These are sensory mobilizing agents that use high electromagnetic pulse energy that may also utilize high levels of sound, high levels of, of light energy, and they disrupt neurological sensory function. Already being used, now they're being developed with higher specificity. The idea of intracranial pulse stimulators take this one step further. Now the idea is to utilize direct electromagnetic pulses to be able to disrupt neural network aggregation. There have been some animal studies that have been done that look at the viability of electromagnetic pulses across various distances to essentially disrupt the network properties of the brain and create confusional models. So these are both individual and group disruptors. You also have the idea of the altered reality tactics that is primarily used in irregular warfare. And here, once again, when we understand the, the construct of the way neural networks operate, they operate by key controller and influencing nodes that interact with other neural networks within the brain electrochemically. 
If we can utilize transcranial mechanisms to be able to disrupt this, what we can do is we can create disrupted neural network aggregation and literally disrupt people's sense of time, space, and place. That, More yeah. You know, that's all. Where the hell am I? So just, uh, just remember, whatever you think you know what's going on, you don't. <laughs> I mean, come on. Just remember, don't the, the, anybody you talk to who knows the full picture doesn't. It's so. the, the name of this lecture is called Brain Science from Bench to Battlefield. The realities and risks. It's an hour and 11 minutes long. It's available freely for anybody to look at online. How evil of an effing person do you have to be to stand up there and lecture about that as though it's a TED Well, there's talk no, on... you know, they talk about dual use technologies a lot uh, where, where you put something up into the, you know, into high earth orbit or low earth orbit. That is that it's a technology that we can use for any number of things day to day. But the dual use is that how can it be also utilized in a military sense and or defense or whatever the hell it is. This has absolutely no redeeming qualities. None. No benefit. No, no benefit to this. This can only be abused. It can only destroy us. Only. And I'm just going to say this, like people are always throwing in my email, like Tracy, oh my God, look at this virus that's coming for us. Or look at this thing that's coming for us. Or, oh my gosh, you can, you know, you, you, there's no unvaccinated person out there. All of this stuff is bled into you and you're breathing it in and you're eating it and blow. And I say this to everybody out there, stop consuming yourself with things that you can't, you can't do anything about. If that's true, which I don't believe it is to that degree, but if it is, God will take me when he's ready. I have no, no control over any of this. Zero. No free will. No choice. It's happening around me. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't see it. I don't know who's doing it. I can't pinpoint where it's coming from. What am I going to do? Freak out about it every day? I can't. Nope. No. You can't. You can't consume yourself with stuff like this. Like, it's good to know about it because then you can raise awareness about it. But like he's talking about influencer people inside of the, like, like I shouldn't even go shopping anymore, Frank. Neither should you. I mean, you influence tens of thousands of people every night, don't you? <laughs> well, the, the whole point here is, too, that whatever you read or whatever may actually be a biological whatever. Oh, there's a there's a virus going around. You know what we can manifest with our minds yes the good things that we can manifest and also the disease that we can manifest in ourselves that is something that as they're showing you right now they have figured out how we work how we can create reality on their behalf for a, a, a while now if they want social discord if they want to make sure that people are too confused to be able to really do anything about the real threats that face them then they can just I don't know. Well, I mean, this seems like a pretty cheap uh, media campaign here to make everybody hypochondriacs, flooding uh, emergency rooms, and then all of a sudden losing complete faith in institutions over the course of a couple of weeks, if not months. We saw it happen just a couple of years ago. You know, who knows what the extent of the real virus was? You just you just don't know what the extent of it was because the reaction, the obviously planned reaction was so overdeveloped. So it's, um, you know, it's just like that. We talked about this on the show on, on uh, Friday with Kyle, 
there was a, a, a tweet that went out about affirmative action. Um, and it was basically supposedly a lefty that had worked on the Biden campaign or something like that. She had like this volunteer history. It was very nondescript. And she said something about affirmative action that made it sound as though all people of color were useless and couldn't do anything for themselves. And it went viral, like super viral. And that person was not a real person. It was a purposeful tweet meant to inflict or cause the same, that, that reaction. And I told Kyle in the show, I'm like, that, that, that's not real. That person's not real. I think it's fake. Um, but that's, it's as easy as one tweet it goes viral, the, the the legacy media picks it up, then it's on television. If it, it you can you can puppet people as much as you want. We're gonna end with something really, really funny. Um it's Clarence Thomas talking about how Biden is a moron. I have it here somewhere. Bear with me. Um it's it's it'll it's hysterical. Um somebody fell off of the bleachers at City Field last night too, Frank. What do you mean? Somebody fell onto the field. Oh, here it is. Somebody fell oh, onto the field at City Field accidentally and like hurt themselves and like scratched their face up and they were like walked off and then they ended up back in the stands with the bandaid on their nose later in the game. Just a little. Well, uh, thankfully, that's all it was. Do you, do you remember that that horrible incident in Texas? Oh, what didn't that person die? Yeah. He was he was leaning over the railing and I think it was left left center field over the bullpen or over something. He was with his son. Home run ball came in or something like that. He leaned over to grab it, fell over the rail, died right in front of his son. And Just he broke his neck. It wasn't even a, a it's terrible that stuff. At any time, it could be your time. Just try to enjoy what you have. That's all you can do. Just enjoy yourself. I mean, gosh, that's crazy. Here is Clarence Thomas. Dunking on Joe Biden, courtesy of Citizen Free Press. Senator Biden was very focused on natural law. How did that go? Who knows? I, I have no idea what he was talking about. I just want to make sure we all know what we're talking about here, that you and I know at least what we're talking about here. There's a fervent and aggressive school of thought that wishes to see natural law further inform the Constitution than it does now argued against by the positivist led by Judge Bork. Now again, that may be lost on all the people. You know and I know what we're talking about. <laughs> I have to be perfectly honest with you. I, you sit there and you have no idea what they are talking about. All I know is that he was asking me these questions about natural law. Someone may apply it in a way, like Moore, who leads him in a direction that is, quote, liberal. You may apply it in a way that leads you in a direction that's conservative. Or you may, like many argue, not apply it at all. But it is a fundamental question <laughs> that is going to be almost impossible for non-lawyers to grasp in an exchange. But you know and I know it is a big, big deal. He's, he look at his face. He's like, One of the things you do in hearings is you have to sit there and look attentively at people you know have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Good morning, Judge. And he's saying, and you can, you know, he can, you can, you listen to Joe Biden there. He is such a, 
infinitely stupid man, even when he had his faculties together. It, but, you know, but back then he had a little bit more wherewithal to grab words, bring it together, to jumble them, to make it vague. Perhaps for the lower IQ people in the room, they they will actually see him as smart. Yeah. And say, oh, yeah, this this is way over my head. Wow. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, you know what I'm talking about and I know, but nobody else might understand it. And Clarence Thomas is like, huh? How about you become very clear about what we're talking about right now, Mr. Biden? How about you become very simply clear? There's a lot of people watching. If this is just going to be a, uh, if this is going to be a, a, a private meeting between you and I, then we can we can talk telepathically. But how about for the for the sake of the entire nation? Can you please, in very simple terms, tell me what the hell it is you're trying to convey? <laughs> Tomorrow is the 4th of July. Go out, have a beer with your friends, don't drink any Bud Light. Enjoy a hot dog, a burger, a steak, light off some of those fireworks, rules be damned. And remember why we do this every freaking day of the week. <laughs> you have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time live on Rumble, Getter, and Twitter. And don't forget to check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on QuiteFrankly.tv or on Rumble. We'll be back here on Wednesday. Later. Later.